Are you looking for a view of the world that's a bit different? Hi, I'm Jason Palmer, a host of The Weekend Intelligence, a podcast from The Economist. Join us to hear the stories that matter most to our correspondents and editors. Every Saturday, we introduce you to people and ideas that take you outside the ordinary and expand your horizons one episode at a time. Join us and see the world from a new perspective. To listen free until May 31st, search Spotify for The Weekend Intelligence. Welcome to Rex Factor! This week, Lullock! With your hosts, Graham Duke and Ali Hood. And welcome to Rex Factor, reviewing all the kings and queens of Scots, from Kenneth McAlpin to James the Sixth. Yes, and this week, Lullock. Lullock, or is it, I'm, I'm wondering whether, given the way that we've been told that instead of saying, like, Loch Ness, we've been saying Loch Ness, yeah. whether he's probably Lullock. Yeah, which I almost did by accident in mm. that intro. But I, I feel that that might be an effort for us to maintain throughout. So. I'll, I'll forget it almost instantly. So we're just going to call him Lullock. Now, last time we did Macbeth, of course. Mm. Lots of people have been looking forward they to that, that one. Yeah. I suspect possibly this episode slightly less anticipation. <laughs> what? I love... I don't go to bed without thinking about Lullock. Exactly. Um, also, people who listened to the last episode may have noted that we did, in a sense, can uh, do the entirety of Lullock's reign within yes. the very end mm. of Macbeth's episode. So perhaps not going to be the longest Spoiler of that. reviews, but maybe he fits a hell of a lot in mm. to that tiny, tiny <laughs> Possibly. Anyway, as ever, we don't know exactly when Lullock is born. It's probably sometime around the sort of late 1020s, early 1030s. Mm. Definitely before 1032, because that will buy 1032, because that's when his uh, father is killed. So he becomes king in 1057. He must be sort of 20-odd, early 30s. That so it's looking age. good. Like he's got the right time. Yeah. yeah, and it's good age. And he is the very first Scottish monarch for whom I can say that he, who his father and his mother is. Can we do that with any of these? Never been able to do that before, never known the mm. mothers before. Whereas on this occasion, he is the son of Gilcomgain of Murray and Gruach of Scotland. Ah, uh, because we've, we've done both of those. We've we, done yeah. both of those. We know Gruach. Mm. Now, we don't know exactly what he looked like. We don't have any contemporary descriptions. There are no portraits of him. There are no photographs, of course. Mm. What we rely on instead to get our visual image of Lullock is to use the Heritage Playing Card Limited visual depiction. So, okay, uh, so Ali, why don't we have a little look and see how he looks on the card? Okay. Uh, yeah, let's have a look. I, I wouldn't even know where to start with him. Uh, so, just just good-looking, green, tartan, and obviously the Ugg. And... <laughs> <laughs> I know I say it every time, but I definitely wasn't expecting that. He's got a chicken drumstick in his hand. Um, he looks like the court jester, like with a sort of big inane grin on his head. Uh, baggy trousers, he's a bit dirty, and he's the Joker. Oh, he's called Lullock the Simple. Um, do we say that anymore? So apologies. Well. Um, uh, but yeah, no, I wasn't expecting that. Hmm. Yeah, I mean... Quite a lot of these cards, I mean, we, we love the cards that they do, and, but a lot of the time they're kind of fairly generic, sort of medievalish, sort of looking a bit of yeah. tart and a sword. They have gone to town with Lullock here, I mean. That's, uh, I mean, that's, 
I don't know anything about him. Yes. But I'm pretty sure he doesn't deserve this. <laughs> I mean, that's Pong. definitely one of the most charismatic cards that we've yeah. uh, that we've had. Now, as you picked up, Lullock the Simple, it says on the mm. card. Um, he has a variety of nicknames. So, uh, Lullock Fatuous, which uh, would translate as stupid, simple, foolish, or simple-minded. Oh, no, Fatuous. Is that like... Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, okay. Um, or, alternatively, and slightly more kind, Infelix, or Unfortunate. Yeah, I like that. That's much nicer. So we're thinking: Does he have? I don't. I don't think it's fair to say that he is um, that he has mental health problems. There's no apparent yeah. suggestion of that in terms of what yeah. we're going to see. So either he's just not very good at his job, yeah. maybe just a bit dim on right. a basic level, or maybe it's just an insult that is given after his reign by his enemies. Okay, of which this series has shown he <laughs> has. He's going to have plenty, guaranteed yeah. to have enemies. Quick bit of backgroundy stuff for um, Scotland in the 11th century when Lullock becomes king. It's a fragmented country at this point, different kingdoms within the greater landmass that we now call Scotland. Mm. The Scots themselves are still predominant in sort of the, yes, the centralist region of the country and moving down yeah. um, towards the modern border with England. But we've still got a separate kingdom of Cumbria or Strathclyde in sort of southwest Scotland, going from Glasgow to Penrith. Yeah. We've still got the Vikings ruling the sort of northern western isles and also the very northern of the mainland of Scotland. Yeah. And we also have this awkward territory of Murray, which is where Lullock is from. Mm. And this sort of goes from Loch Ausch on the west to the River Spey in the east and then north up towards this sort of area called... Uh, Ross, though this probably changes uh, okay. around time. And it's not certain whether or not we should view this as a region within Scotland that becomes a bit rebellious, yeah. or if perhaps it's some kind of separate kingdom. But we did, did we decide that it might be that they sort of pay uh, homage to the, the king of Scots? So it's like a separate... Yes, yeah, so a bit like in Ireland where they have a high king. So you've got all these smaller kingdoms, but there's maybe like one king that is yeah. recognised as being above the others. Maybe Scotland, Kingdom of Scotland this period, is that bigger kingdom. Mm. So Murray perhaps is a lower tier of kingship. But is autonomous. But is but it rules itself, sees itself as independent, but maybe at times has to, as you say, pay homage to the Scots. The problem with Scotland and Murray is that Scotland descends into something of a dynastic conflict mm. in the 11th and indeed the 10th century, which is largely because of their their succession system, mm. where instead of it going father to son, it went brother to brother, and yeah. then the next generation. And as the family tree grew and grew, there were more and more people that had a claim to the throne, mm. and inevitably they start to fight for it. Yeah, yeah. It was never going to work, that system. I could have told them that. So we had Malcolm II, um, who was king from 1004 to 1034, a very powerful king. Yeah, we liked him. And he wants it to be primogeniture, so he mm. wants to pass the throne on to his son. Yeah. Problem is, he didn't have any sons. Issue. So instead, he married off his daughters and produced grandchildren. Yeah, straightforward. So Duncan I becomes the king for Malcolm because he's the eldest grandchild. Yeah. That's one who'll rule. Yeah. But, of course, he's got rivals mm. within his own family, his sort of cousins or second cousins or what have you, who think, oh, it should be our turn, it's alternating, it comes yeah. to us next. So Malcolm sets about killing, basically, everybody <laughs> yeah. on the other side of the family. It was a grand slaughter, wasn't it? Amazing. Exactly. And it's unusual for the throne to go via a female line, because it's by the daughter of Malcolm. Oh, of course, even though they're sons. If they're grandsons, yeah. that's why the daughter. Which potentially brings in people who have a rather spurious claim themselves. Might yeah. think, oh, actually, we could press our version yeah. of the claim. Yeah. And it seems that the people ruling Murray have some kind of slightly 
weaker claim. Mm. So whether it's because they've got this ancient link to the old Dalriartan kingdom of the Scots, yeah. perhaps there was a woman that married in you know a few generations earlier from the Scottish royal family, but thus gives them a slight yeah. investiture. Whatever means, Murray at this point seems to rebel as well. They didn't really need much of a uh, push, exactly. did they? But they seem to actually go for the throne of Scotland mm. rather than just yeah, supporting a different... Uh, exactly. And what we have is a marriage alliance between the Kingdom of Murray and the rivals of Malcolm II in Scotland. Mm. So we had Gilcomgain marrying Gruach. So Gilcomgain is ruling Murray. Yeah. Gruach is a princess of Scotland. Perfect. So the two of them combine... They are the parents of Lullock, which means that Lullock has a pretty decent claim both to Murray and to Scotland. And he's a boy. And he's a boy. Which is very important for these so people. So he is a very good rival for Duncan the First. Yeah. I mean, he's got it all... Duncan's claim wasn't as really... I mean... Again, it's via a female yeah. line. So oh, it is also by a female, yeah. So they're both... But that's why it's okay for Lullock to claim mm. it that way, because that's how Duncan's going to do it. Unfortunately for Lullock, and more particularly for Gilcom Game, in 1032, Gilcom Game was killed in a hall burning. And that's the, the same one, isn't it? Yes. Oh, exactly. thank goodness. Yeah. Right, okay. Not another one. It works out there. And he was killed by Macbeth. Yes. Ooh, creepy Macbeth. Now, Macbeth and Gilcom Game were cousins, and it's a bit of a blood feud going on because Gilcom Game had killed Macbeth's father. Right. So if this were lions in the African yeah. sands, you might imagine that Macbeth would then kill Lullock and try to have children with Gruach, whom he then goes on to marry. Yeah. But instead, Macbeth becomes protector of Lullock. What? Which is interesting, because you think, well, does this mean that Macbeth can't have his own children? Yeah. Or maybe it means that actually he thinks, by becoming Lullock's protector, Lullock, who has a good claim to the throne it increases Macbeth's standing. Right. Because he's like, well, maybe I've got some of my own superiors claim, but this kid definitely got a claim. His mum's pretty royal. Yeah. And now, <laughs> Mr. Stepdad, he's, he'll be too young to rule, so that means Macbeth can yeah. come in, take the throne, he'll be king for his adulthood, and then Lullock will take over. And stop this bud feud. Exactly. And it. because at this point he's now stepfather to Lullock, so maybe Lullock won't be quite so keen to kill Macbeth if he sees <laughs> yeah. him as a kind of father. Yeah, well, I don't know. I wouldn't put anything past these people. They've been slaughtering everyone. Well, I was wondering as well, I suppose it depends exactly how old Lullock was, because if he was fairly young, mm. he might not really remember his actual father, Gilgamesh. Yeah. yeah, And you can imagine Macbeth would probably have been saying to Gruach, maybe when your lad grows up, Maybe we just don't mention yeah. that I burnt his father. <laughs> <laughs> don't mention that. Do you want to put the... Don't mention the fire! <laughs> so, in 1040... Well, in 1034, Duncan became king, mm. and then in 1040, he was killed by Macbeth mm. in battle. So Macbeth became king. D uh, just a quick one. Do we know if Macbeth did the actual killing of Duncan in battle? I can't um, remember if we were there. It was definitely a battle. Macbeth definitely won the battle. Duncan definitely died following the battle. Possibly Macbeth may have dealt the fatal blow. I've always blow. wondered how that, that happened. Like in war, hand-to-hand -hand combat at this stage... Mm. Do they, like, make a little path? They just stop the killing for a second, say, so let him through so they can fight the two biggies. <laughs> yeah, the two armies going, fight, yeah. fight, fight, How fight. does that work? Because, oh, it's very strange. Because didn't Henry the Seventh get very close to... Well, actually... Richard III got very close to um, Henry the Seventh the year oh, before. I guess yeah. you can... Re I guess you, it, they'll dress in such a way... You can spot it. ...in such a way that you know who they are. Yeah. So... You could, you'd have to sort of literally fight your way through. Yeah. 
and like completing a compu- completing a computer game, yeah. kill all the little ones yeah. to get to the baddie. Oh. Yeah. Well, if anyone knows how that works, let us know. <laughs> please let us know. So, in 1240, Macbeth became king of Scotland, mm. uh, which is great for Lullock, because Lullock is now going to be Macbeth's heir, because Macbeth doesn't have his own children with Gurok. Yeah. So, Lullock would definitely be next. Now, we don't really know what Lullock was doing during Macbeth's reign. Right. Don't know what he was up to. It's possible that when Macbeth went to Rome in 1050, that mm. Lullock possibly could have been who was left in charge of the kingdom. Oh, right. Because, you know, he's probably old enough now that he could be given this authority. Or at least practice with, and with Grok there as well. Yeah, let's practice yeah. a little bit of that. Alternatively, depending on what their relationship was, maybe Macbeth wouldn't have trusted Lullock, yeah. who has a better claim to the throne yeah. than he does. Yeah. Um, he may even have been in exile. Right. It's possible that actually he just sort of runs off. Macbeth and Grok rule together, and then Lullock has to bide his time before he's old enough to come back. So there's never any suggestion he went to Rome? Never any suggestion he went to Rome. And possibly an interesting example in terms of the idea of an exile is if we think about in England when Edward the Confessor had been in exile in Normandy yeah. while his mother, Emma of, of Normandy, had been married to Ethelred the Unready mm. but then remarried to the new King Canute and she seems to have effectively abandoned her children by Ethelred right. and then yeah. just put her lot in with Canute. So yeah. maybe Gruach abandons Lullock and thinks, right, well, I need to get by get in with Macbeth. By right. Macbeth. Mm. So we don't know what Lullock was doing. Maybe he was well thought of. Maybe he was you know, Macbeth's effective son yeah. ruling in his stead while he was away. Or kicked out. He's kicked out. <laughs> yeah. Either way, not dead. Either way, he isn't dead. And that's crucial because in 1057, after a 17-year reign, Macbeth was killed in battle by the son of Duncan. And this is uh, a chap called Malcolm, who will yeah. become Malcolm III. Right. Now, that was the 15th of August, 1057. Good day for it. We then assume that Lullock becomes king. Yeah. Oh. And at Essie, near um, a place called Strathbogie, <laughs> Unfortunate. Uh, which is now Huntley in Aberdeenshire, on the 17th of March, 1058, Lullock was killed by Malcolm. The same Malcolm. Malcolm that will, yes. will become Malcolm. That, but that, that's it. That is it for the reign of Lullock. Well, uh, I see why he did the preamble. <laughs> we, and you said presume, so we don't even know that he became king straight away. Well, the confusing thing is, which we sort of covered last time with um, Macbeth, we'll do again, there's a few issues with exactly what happened in this exact period, the end of Macbeth and the start and end of Lullock. Yeah. Because the Annals of Ulster and Tiganac were both Irish chroniclers. Mm. They state that Lullock was killed before Macbeth. So, i.e. that Macbeth's death at Lumphanum was actually in 1058, a few months after Lullock's death. Oh, that's confusing. But Lullock was still recognised as king. He's still there in all the king lists. After Macbeth in the list? After Macbeth in the list and before Malcolm III. Right. So, one explanation is that Lullock might have become king before Macbeth died because Macbeth abdicated the throne. Or, Lullock, if he'd been in exile, maybe has some kind of coup d'etat, forces Macbeth out, but doesn't kill him. Would we, wouldn't we have they mentioned that? Do you think the abdication... Well, I guess it's all a bit confused. The, ma- the crucial point is the fact that Malcolm III kills both of them. Yeah. And he's not really too bothered about... What Which order he does yeah, it in. <laughs> he's killed both of them, exactly. Yeah. So possibly Lullock took the throne from Macbeth, whether willingly or by a coup d'etat, uh-huh. and then he was killed by Malcolm, and then Macbeth comes out of retirement and then is also killed by Malcolm. 
Okay, but this all happens within a year, both mm. of them, or um, Malco the Third. Yeah. He does his namesake and um, <laughs> yes. slaughters them both. Exactly. Right. Okay. The other issue is where Malcolm came from, whether he came from the south, i.e. from England and Northumbria, or he oh, came from thing. the north. Yeah. Because the other issue was that if actually the Irish chroniclers have got the dates wrong, and it did go Macbeth and then Lullock, mm-hmm. you think, well, if Malcolm came from the south mm-hmm. all the way up into sort of Murray, Murray yeah. he's had to have gone past Schoon near Perth, which is where kings are crowned. So how did Lullock manage to get down to Schoon to be crowned and be king for a few months? Yeah. Having to have snuck past Malcolm. Yeah. So in that sense, we think if Malcolm came from the north, gets to Murray first, and then he's got to kind of go around. But that would, if he comes from the north, would that imply that he killed Lullock first and then Malcolm? And then, um... it, could, it could work either way, really, because they're, mm-hmm. they're not a million miles away from each okay. other, Lumfannon and, um, and Essie. Anyway... As you said, whatever order he does it in, mm. and wherever he came from, Malcolm has killed Macbeth, he's killed Lullock uh, within the space of a year, and both of the rulers from Murray are dead. So, if that's all we know, this uh, card and his names do seem really very unfair. <laughs> yes. I mean, the unfortunate is the most accurate. Yes, in that he is just terrifically unfortunate. Like we, d- we, it could be there could be so many different variations of this story that he does become king, he doesn't become king, yeah. he dies before or after his uncle, who may or may not have hated him and had him of an exile. <laughs> yes, you know what's going on. I think they, I think they're just guessing. Just put a drumstick in his hand to can throw us off the scent. Yeah. Well, as you said, there is, I guess they probably didn't know, and we don't really know either. So let's do some guessing and, and review. He, him. Yeah. and he probably liked chicken. So, not a great record here no. for Lullock. Um, we don't even know if he actually fought a battle with Malcolm at Essie. There's actually quite a bit of suggestion that Malcolm ambushed him. Some of the sources say that he was killed by treachery. Right. So perhaps Malcolm yeah. had said, oh, we should have a, have oh, a you know, yeah. <laughs> see, see what's what. It's a bit awkward, this whole thing. Yeah. I killed him, your king, who's king? <laughs> oh, let's just have a chat and see what comes out at the end of it. Yeah, and what did come out was a lot of blood. Exactly. Um, so, at best, Lullock fought a battle and lost and was killed. And at worst, he was just walking along and <laughs> turned up for a party and got his head chopped so off. So, we don't even know that. It's, we don't even know if he fought a battle. He certainly didn't win one. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he lost his battle with a knife. Yeah. Mm. And it's got to be a zero for Vatlinus, hasn't it? Yeah, I, yeah. No, there's just. <laughs> I like that you were thinking, oh, yeah, I suppose we have to say it, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we have to give him any kind of score. Can we just leave it blank? <laughs> Scandal. Well, actually, there is a bit of a potential here for... Really? Lovely. Well, we do have that question mark about if Lullock became king before Macbeth was killed, mm-hmm. did he launch a coup d'etat against his stepfather? Mm. Did he force him out? I just can't understand this at all. I, th- I'm sh- I feel like... Um, I feel like they would have mentioned it if there was a coup. I also feel like they would have mentioned it if he abdicated. Mm. So maybe it was just a, a transition that was always planned that when he reached... Oh, no, because he was 20-odd when he was... Well, or just, you know, yeah. adulthood. We did have Constantine II, who was yeah. king for ages and ages, got really old, and then he abdicated and yeah. Malcolm I took over. And we had, again, mm. that question mark, did he jump or was he pushed? 
to his. Uh, he became a monk, didn't he? He did, and you know, maybe Macbeth went into the church, but had to pop out again just to get his head chopped off by Malcolm. Yeah. Did the other fellow went to the uh, monastery? He, he he carried on for about ten years. Yeah. He almost outlived his successor. Yeah. Did how did he meet his end? Dead? Just just oh. like he was like eighty odd or something. Oh right, okay. But even if so, maybe Lulloch pushes out Macbeth, mm. but. I mean, most of the other ones have killed their predecessors. That's yeah. not quite as scandalous. Although I suppose he didn't... Um, Macbeth in the first place didn't kill Lulloch. So no. I might have just been yeah. returning the favour. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to kill you, but basically you're fired. Yeah. But there's another way that it gets a little bit more scandalous. Okay. We think about the fact that there's this idea of Malcolm killing Lulloch by treachery. Mm-hmm. That implies some kind of... Not exactly relationship, but that they could be in a position in which Malcolm Maybe, could yeah. betray him. Yeah. Now, Malcolm's father, Duncan, was killed by Macbeth. Yes. Lulloch's father, Gilcomgain, was killed by Macbeth. Yeah. So they've got something in common. <laughs> they do. Yeah. Sort of a bit like the old musical song, Lloyd George and You My Father. In this case, it's yeah. Macbeth killed yeah, my father. Yeah, perfect. So maybe they combined to oust Macbeth. Yeah. And then, with Lulloch then as king, Malcolm then thinks, right, now I need to get rid of this guy. So maybe Malcolm turned on Lulloch. That's an interesting one, isn't it? So that perhaps, yeah, so perhaps Lulloch, you know, it's yeah. a bit more underhand if he'd seen off Macbeth by I mean, that certainly his works, doesn't it? Yeah. The treachery and there's a uh, motive. And this confusion about the dates and the order. Complete, I think that deserves a ding. There we go, Lulloch. There we go, Lulloch. Well done, you got yourself a ding. Yeah, I don't have anything else, obviously. <laughs> Alright, we get one. One, one, one for, a, for potential, uh, uh, yeah, bit of treachery, but we're not sure. Yeah, and it wasn't even mm. stabby-stabby treachery, it's just a bit of... Yeah. yeah. Mm. So I'll give him one as well, so that's a two for Scandal. Oh, good. Subjectivity. Well... This is probably where we start to get towards the nickname and what's going on. Okay. Good. Now, we've had some pretty negative historical accounts looking at Lulloch's reign. <sighs> this is the Chronicle of the Kings of Scotland. Lulloch the Simpleton reigned for four months, and he was killed in Essie in Strathbogie. <laughs> Sorry. Simple. John of Forden. Oh, yes, lovely. On the death of Macbeth. Some of his kinsfolk, who were just the men for such a piece of iniquity, came together, and bringing his cousin Lulloch, surnamed the Simple, to Schoon, set him on the royal seat, and appointed him king, for they hoped the people would willingly obey him as king. But no one would yield him obedience, or become a party to anything that was or had been done. I'm not sure I follow that. What's he saying? So he's saying that when... The evil usurping Macbeth was killed. Yeah. Surely now the rightful king Malcolm III will be appointed king. But no! More of Macbeth's followers have right. thought, ha ha ha, now we'll have another person mm. that shouldn't be king, the stupid Lulloch. <laughs> right. But nobody listens to him because he's not rightful king and he's rubbish. Okay. But he's still, so he's already called the simple by then. Yeah, so this is sort of 14th century that we've got John Ford and calling him that. Um, but there are some more sympathetic accounts. Mariana Scottus said Lulloch succeeded and was killed in March. <laughs> That's brilliant. No mention yeah. of uh, yeah. being simple yeah. or stupid. Uh, the Annals of Tiganac said Lulloch, the King of Scotland, was slain by Malcolm Duncan's son by treachery. Okay, so yeah. Point so I suppose that in a way suggests that actually Lulloch is the one that's hard done by here. Malcolm's mm. the dodgy one. Mm. Good King Lulloch deserved to be there. 
Yeah, what, but where's that from? The Tigerleth? That That's is an Irish, Irish source, so it's okay. a bit more neutral. Yeah. And the Chronicle of Melrose said, The unfortunate Lullock was king for three months. He fell by the arms of the same Malcolm. The man met his fate at Essie in Strathbogie. Thus, alas, through lack of caution, the hapless king perished. So maybe, yeah, it was... They're pointed towards treachery, mm. and the word hapless there. Mm. Maybe he was just fooled into his own death, and exactly. that's why they call him the simple. So it's the manner of his death that maybe it was yeah, rather a, than an obvious ploy that he fell for, or he put himself in a dangerous situation, he yeah. wasn't ready for it. He, to be honest, he probably turned up and thought, well, there's no statues around, I'm, I'm, I'm safe. I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the alternative for the um, simpleton aspect is that... There's a bias in the histories because, mm. of course, Malcolm becomes king, and as we said in the Macbeth episode, medieval historians like to paint uh, the idea of a, a rightful line of kings mm. because when Edward I and Edward III had their wars in Scotland, mm. this challenges the very notion of Scotland deserving to be independent from England. Yeah, and so they were not need exactly. So they really push um, the idea that there have always been rightful kings in Scotland. But sometimes there are usurpers who have to be shown as really evil, in the case of Macbeth, yeah. or, I guess, really simple and stupid, in the case of Lullock. They didn't deserve it. They didn't deserve it, and they weren't rightful kings. Mm. But if he'd never really been king, he wouldn't have featured in the king lists. No. So he must have been crowned at Scone. Right. Uh, Scone, yeah. sorry. Um, he must have had support, sufficient support, that after Macbeth is killed, he gets put on the throne. Yeah. So we can't be a complete no-hoper, surely, yeah. to at least have managed this much. Well, I mean, he can't have just been wandering around like he is in the card, all <laughs> covered in grub and yeah. carrying a drumstick in the air like a rattle. Yes. So, and Murray, under Malcolm III, will still rebel against him. It will be still a rebellious territory for the Scots. Mm. So they probably want to portray Lullock as being an idiot because... It just helps in the narrative against Murray. Yeah. Said, oh, that evil Macbeth and Lulk had a chicken drumstick all around. These guys can't be trusted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it just seems it just seemed very odd that uh, if he, you know, if if the if the, the theory that he wasn't even in the court with Macbeth mm. holds, yeah, then he seems like a completely random person to put. In charge. I mean, he's got his claim. Well, but he does have the claims at the yeah. end. But why not Malcolm? Like, what, what? Well, I guess for people in Murray. Right, they just want their man in. Yeah, yeah so Malcolm has been in proper exile for quite a long mm-hmm. time prior to this. But he's, it, it, he's got more kingly heritage. Isn't he? I don't mean the claim. He's got more experience of... of well, he's the, the son of a king. Yeah, yeah. He, probably, he probably knows how it works a bit better. Mm. Anyway, so that's helping us to explain the nickname of Lullock. Um, you'll notice that I haven't actually come up with a single suggestion for why uh, Lullock deserves a point in subjectivity terms. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, we're doing subjectivity, were we? Other than the fact that he became king for a bit. Zero. I mean, that is the very least you have to do to even feature on this programme. <laughs> we have to assume that he's <laughs> <laughs> rubbish. Yeah, that does have to be something of a given, doesn't it? Well, he was king. <laughs> Longevity. This obviously isn't great either. If we assume that the Irish are wrong mm. and that he did follow uh, Macbeth in 1057, then he was king from 1057 to 1058, which equates to seven months or 0.58 years, right. which when converted into a score out of 20 gives him 0.2 for longevity. Very bad. 
And that, in fact, is so bad it's even worse than hashtag remember Ayers. Really? He got 0.35. Wow. That is very poor. It really is. Dynasty! Not the pro. Well, actually, mm-hmm. he beats Macbeth here. He's got two children. Wow. He was busy. Oh, he didn't have to have them both in those three months. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Son and a daughter. Um, so, yeah, two children. That gives him a score of 4.44 for Dynasty. Okay, and that opens up a whole can of worms for the next exactly. one. Exactly. So he has a total score of 6.65, which is better than hashtag. Uh, there it is. 2.57. So, I mean, I don't know if that helps him for the rest factor, but he's not actually the lowest of <laughs> the Scottish scores. That's incredible that he's not the lowest. He's like well, it's just because he had two children. Yeah. He's just not bad enough. Yeah. Anyway, so a score of 6.65 for Lullock. It's not the lowest, but it is the second lowest, and it's pretty bad. Mm. But does he somehow rise above all of this? Does he have that something extra, that sense of greatness, that amazing achievement, that lasting legacy that we call... Rex Factor! Uh, I mean, I've got one thing that I can think of in his favour. Yeah. And people will see this when we post it on Facebook and on Twitter, but that's a great card. It is a smasher, isn't it? Look at that. Uh, I can't I can't believe that um, we even have to um, say this, but no. No. No, I don't think I don't think the card is sufficient. He looks like a lot of fun, but no. <laughs> and it's like you said for um, subjectivity when I said, you know, he was at least king and you said that's the bare minimum. Yeah. I mean he he, he only just I think reached that minimum <laughs> he, to be He included. might not have even done it. <laughs> he <laughs> might not have even done that. Yeah. So he's got two kids. I mean yeah. so is my brother. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. This week. <laughs> So, uh, no, Lullock does not have the Rex Factor, I'm afraid. But, you know, at least he got his moment in the spotlight, mm-hmm. which is nice. I think this is the most he's, attention he's ever been paid. I assume. Yeah. Even at the time. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's it for him. He doesn't have the Rex Factor. But if you disagree with us, if you want to challenge our decision, you can get in touch with us our, via our various social media. Uh, follow us on Twitter, at Rex Factor Pod. Like us on Facebook and get involved in the conversations yeah. there. Uh, you can email us, rexfactorpodcast at hotmail.com. And if you go onto our blog, rexfactor.wordpress.com, you can read various blogs in support of the podcast and do a very quick, simple poll for Lark and all the other Scottish and English monarchs we've reviewed. Simply ask you, does he deserve the Rex Factor? Yes, no, or maybe. Yeah. And you'll have your say, and then we'll see. It's ongoing, so it's changing all the time. Exactly. Now, we've had various messages from people, which uh, we haven't read out recently, because we had quite a bit to do when we did Macbeth. Yeah. So, a few of your comments. Firstly, uh, a few episodes ago, we had somebody asking about the phrase, to come a cropper, what exactly it meant. Yeah, and we explained saying, you know... Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. David Nolan on WordPress sent a link which gave the actual sort of etymology of the word. Oh, yeah. Quite interesting. It derives from a term relating to hunting. So it means to fall heavily from a horse. So it derived from neck and crop, which apparently gives a sense of falling completely over, i.e. all in a heap, head over heels. Yeah. Also oh, you have a riding crop. Exactly. Yeah. So that's where it mm. comes to come a cropper. Well, cheers, David. Falling off your horse. Now, we have a couple of messages in relation to 
the video and Edgar oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it seems funny, actually, now that we've done it, it seems that uh, everybody's coming out and saying how you definitely made the right decision. And uh, Oh, you're kidding me. So Chris and Conrad on Facebook said, I think you guys made pretty good decisions regarding who gets a Rex Factor. Yes, Ali, that means Edgar the Peaceable as well. So I don't see why you feel you have to defend your decisions time and again afterward. <laughs> After all, this is a podcast, not the Nuremberg Trials. Let's have fun. <laughs> yeah, quite, well, I don't feel like I did, but everyone else did. And uh, Jennifer Rose Gronsham also on Facebook. I've just started listening to the Anglo-Saxon Kings again because I'm hooked on The Last Kingdom, mm. uh, which is yeah, very cool. It's on yeah. the moment TV. Actually listened to Edgar the Peace War today. Being that there's little information on him, I think you gave a fair assessment in the first place. Thank you very much. So uh, I re- retract. No, I don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't. So there was no need. Yeah, good. Um, a couple of people have emailed in about Richard I, Richard the Lionheart. Really? Why? Why has he been in the news? I think they just listen to his episodes. Oh, okay, and, uh, yeah. uh, because if you have listened to previous episodes, obviously, and you are behind where we are, that's fine whenever you email in. Yeah. So Fraser Anderson emailed to say that he just finished the group stage when we did the playoffs. Yeah. Um, and he was frankly appalled that Richard I is out. Star yeah. quality, the original bad boy, rebelling against his father, having a crack at the Saracens, Cypriots, French Italians, amazing bromance with Philip of France. Can you imagine the level of hijinks they got up to? He's the epitome of a medieval king. Even betrayed and imprisoned, the lion would not be humbled. He also has a compelling Byronic streak with his poetry from jail. Realistically, no one should have advanced from Group B besides Edward I and Richard, because everyone else would have died screaming. The green would have been renamed the Red Room. <laughs> Look to yourself, the devil is loose. I mean, that would be a hell of a fight, isn't it? Edward I versus <laughs> Richard I. Crikey yeah. Moses. And Kate Davidson also emailed in, saying that in your podcast on Richard the Lionheart, you wondered whether his battle of Jaffa was anything to do with the biscuits. Rex fact, it is. Really? Jaffa was a port town in Palestine where oranges were exported. Jaffa oranges became so famous that the biscuit was named after them. I can never eat a Jaffa cake without thinking about Richard the Lionheart. That is a cracking Rex fact. Cool name, horrible man. Yeah, yeah. well, good assessment, actually. We should just have said that. Simple. Yeah. Uh, a couple of messages about Macbeth. Yeah. Um, Alyssa Kimberley, at Alyssa Kimberley on Twitter, says she, I agree that Macbeth didn't have the Rex factor. More goody goody than stabby stabby. Yeah, yeah. And similarly, Silas Reed, at Cy Reed, have to agree with your decision on Macbeth. Apart from Shakespeare, he didn't have that certain something. Hashtag nothing wicked. I think that's right, you know. Uh, he sort of. Uh, we were saying at the end that he did. Um, that he wasn't as bad as Shakespeare made out. Mm. But. He's just got all that attention, and maybe if there was no Shakespeare, we'd have just thought he's just quite average. Yeah, he's d- your run-of-the-mill Scottish king at this time, doing lots of killing, doing lots of getting killed. Yeah, decent mm. job, but not spectacular. No. Um, and a few messages from our privy councillors. Ah, hello. Although the first one actually not, I don't believe, a privy councillor, but uh, on Twitter at um, underscore la underscore mysterious. Uh, said, uh, thought of you after seeing Privy Council trending yesterday on Twitter. Would you expect Jeremy Corbyn to kneel if he joined yours? Oh, yeah, of course. So this was a story, if um, maybe America and other countries not aware, Jeremy Corbyn is the new leader of Labour, the opposition, and he's sort of socialist and Republican in the sense of not supporting Mm. the idea of a monarchy. So Mm. there's this whole hoo-ha about whether he'd kneel to the Queen to join the Did you do it in the end? Uh, yes, although I don't think it was... Um, what, broadcast? It wasn't broadcast, it was right. live broadcast. OK, so he could have just said, I didn't do it, and yeah. then, yeah. But yes, yeah, so it was interesting, we were thinking we need to have some kind of um, initiation ceremony yeah. for our Privy Councillors. Maybe they can send in their videos mm-hmm. of their own, like, what? well, we'll come back to you on that. Yeah, we should probably uh, we should think <laughs> about that. <laughs> yeah. 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 
Uh, Phil Vernon. Oh, yeah. I know him from Facebook. After a two-month binge on all the episodes, I am finally caught up and looking forward to the next one. I would like to thank you for all of your work, and in the wise words of Sir Walter Manny... Manny! Manny! Fabulous. I think you just wanted me to say Manny again. Uh, Chris Kyle says, Could I table a motion for the Dunstan jingle being installed as the doorbell for Privy Council Chamber? (laughs) What a cracking idea. With my Privy Council membership, I would like to ask about John of Forden. I find him an intriguing character because of his enthusiasm for being so liberal with the truth and so scarce with the details. Whilst these may not be the ideal trait you want from a chronicler, it does mean he has excellent entertainment value. I bet he'd have loved Braveheart. Is, uh, uh, it, that's really true. I hadn't considered that, that he's in totally the wrong job. He should have been <laughs> doing fiction or writing yeah, novels. Yeah, exactly. Now, we actually did um, a little bit more in his background when we did the Macbeth episode just before um, Chris sent his message in, but he's thought, John Forden, to be from a place called Forden in uh, Merns from the 14th century, um, and he was quite influenced by the fact that Edward III, I think, had destroyed a lot of national records in Scotland. Right. So he was like, ah, oh, well, we've got to have our own proper history. Make it up. So he writes this, uh, what's it called, uh, Chronica Gentis Scotorum. Mm. Um, so a chronicle of the history of Scotland. And he did it in various volumes. And I think the first few were very spurious historically. Mm. But the last couple are meant to be to try a little bit more to try and <laughs> get some of the stuff. But I think whenever there was any gap, he... Filled it in. Filled in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and his work is later added to and continued by Walter Bauer, who's the Scotty Chronicon. Oh, yeah. So yeah, there's yeah. a bit of overlap between John Forden and Walter Bauer. It's kind uh, is, does similar. Walter Bauer a bit more rigorous historian? Or is no, 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 no. Okay, good. No, good. And finally, Mark Craster said, I'd like to hear about how the clans started to operate, or perhaps there were no clans during this time. My Scottish history is so rusty, I've never heard of these guys, as in the kings that we're doing. Mm. But the clans I know about, but Mm. in Team Red, Blue, Purple, I've not heard you say that certain clans supported one team or the other. Yeah. And he's wondering, do they? they Is the clans Mm. anything to do with what's going Mm. on here? Um, I don't know a lot about clans myself, I must admit, but I had a little, uh, little Google of it. And it seems that the, the modern view of clans is essentially quite a modern invention. And Sir right. Walter Scott and kind of Victorian period is when mm. a lot of that really came in with the different tartans and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but mostly clansmen were sort of tenants rather than family members. So it wouldn't be that all the McDonald's are people who are of the McDonald family. And it all would, living together. And... Yeah, it would be that there's a powerful family ruling an area called McDonald and then whoever is a tenant on their land oh, right. would be of of their okay. clan in effect so yeah. when they started to use surnames later on they would have just taken their lord's surname right so that's kind of where it okay. comes that's, from that's completely different then yeah so the sort of the idea of all these sort of mythical and medieval origins going back centuries and centuries and centuries yeah. a lot of it's quite hard to verify so I think it's rarely authenticated beyond the 13th century right i.e. a bit later than this that's really strange. So there are some which claim descent, like from the Alpin family and yeah. from other people, but in terms of authenticating it, I'm not sure that it was really a reality at yeah. the time. The clans as we think of them now, I don't think we're really operating like that at this point. So in terms of Team Red, Team Blue, etc. It had been whoever their lord supported. Well, and they were just royal people, so it wouldn't have been like the McDonald's against the you know, yeah. whoever's. It was just, they right. were just royals. Well, that is fascinating. Hmm. Good, good question. What is it, Mark? Mark, Hello. yes. So, yes, if you've got any other questions about other monarchs, uh, then do let us know and we will have a little bit of a read them out. Now, if you'd like to support the podcast, there are various ways that you can do so. Leave a review on iTunes. Oh, yeah, and subscribe. It helps very to helpful. raise our profile yeah. and more people see it when they log on. 
Uh, you can, of course, donate to Rex Factor. It is a free podcast, but if you are money, lovely money, enough. Money. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for um, one-off donations via PayPal. There are mm. links on uh, the website. Thank you to Carrie Roberts, Richard Simmons, and Ro- Robert Barmer. And you can also be our patron and join the Rex Factor Privy Council. The hallowed members. By making a monthly contribution via crowdfunding. Again, the links are online. Various sort of levels at which you can donate, and there are various rewards for it. So $1 gets you a mention on the podcast. $2 we read out a comment. $5 a mug. 10 uh, will do a special blog. And 15 will get you an extra special podcast on the subject of your choosing. Yeah, you let us know. On that, mm. people have been very generous and donated... Um, uh, and become members of the Privy Council. Mm. We are getting your merch to you. Yes. Um, but we're doing a little bit of rebranding. So mm. as soon as that's finished, we've got. We know who you all are. We know who you are. Yes. And um, <laughs> we will uh, send you your mug when you tell us where you live, because we don't. <laughs> we don't know where you live. We know who you are. We don't know where you live. Yes. Um, so welcome to our new members. Arise, Haley March and Amy Driscoll. Arise. It, what's the um, What's the opposite of a sir? I mean, not a sir, but the female version. Uh, lady, lady, dame. Uh, if we've got any dames or ladies listening, let us know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yes, you, you are those. Now, one of the things that we um, offered as a goal, where we said if we get a certain amount pledged a month, then Ali would do a video in which he yes. does an apology to Edgar the Peaceable. Yeah. Now, you may have noticed this already on Facebook and Twitter, but if you go onto either those or our blog at WordPress or onto YouTube, you will see we did a special video where yeah. Ali does indeed represent uh, row a representative of Edgar the Peaceable. It was the man himself. Man himself. And make a... Groveling. Groveling <laughs> apology. Um, yeah, oh, you, could, um, you could also... Um, Subscribe to our YouTube channel for us, so if we ever do any more videos, we will put out sporadically. Yeah. Mm. And also thank you to the Privy Councillors and all our PayPal donators, because this will probably be the last episode using the current microphone. Oh, the Loch Ness. What Loch was it Nessie. Nessie, yeah. We've uh, uh, bought some new microphones, recommended by Mike Skinner of the street. Oh, I'm so chuffed about that. Um, so hopefully after this episode, the sound quality will... Yeah, we've got our own microphones, one each. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the kit is so exciting, it looks so <laughs> much more professional. Um, but we, you know, we're still in a bedroom. Um, now, as I said, we for people that donate fifteen dollars a month, we will do a special episode mm. on the subject of their choosing. So, I think the next one we are going to do one. Probably going to be William the Marshal that we'll do first. He's proved very popular. He's an he? awesome figure. Yeah. Going to be very very exciting. Um, various range in the sort of Plantagenet yeah. period. Very cool figure. Now, the way that we're going to do these is that they will effectively be something that's called a premium podcast. Yeah. So we're going to set. Um, a certain amount that you have to pay to get yeah. the episode. It won't be too much. We're going to keep it fairly low oh, yeah, so that people yeah. can... Like, there's some, like a quid or something. Yeah, something, something like that. that. Uh, Privy councillors will get it automatically. Yeah. But the rest of you, it won't appear in your iTunes, your regular podcast feed, I think, because it's a paid one. So yeah. there'll be links on the website yeah. where you can go, and if you'd like to listen to it, you can just download and like doing a... Mm. PayPal donation we shouldn't sung that song now <laughs> it makes <laughs> yeah. it sound really bad doesn't it but yeah so obviously all, all our podcasts will um, the the uh, history of Kings and Queens of Scotland will stay free yeah so you can stay on board but if you do want the, to hear these one off specials yeah uh, on these various characters it's a quid isn't it yeah that's fine exactly yeah mm. but for now that is it for poor old Lullock we never got to the bottom of the drumstick never got to the bottom I just yeah it's true I I can find no historical basis for that drumstick. Mm. Much like John of Forden. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
Right, yeah. But next time, um, well, we may have a special episode, which you yeah. have to look at, but the next king we'll be reviewing as part of this series is Malcolm III. And at the very least, we know that in less than a year, he killed two yes, Scottish kings. Yeah, so he might do slightly better on the scandal front. And battliness. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So, more to come from him than Lullock, but until then, it's goodbye from me. Cheerio for me. This episode is brought to you by Rakuten. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% cash back at hundreds of stores, including headliners, Ulta, Ray-Ban, and Canon. Rakuten is how in-the-know shoppers get the best savings. They shop the brands they love and earn cash back on top of deals during Big Give Week, May 6th to May 13th. The cash back rates are even bigger. I'll be shopping for Adidas and Fenty. You can save on everything you need for summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of Big Give Week's 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it.